everyone. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Julia Cummins, and this is the Grow With Me podcast, a podcast where we can grow and learn together, learn about this crazy life, about scriptures, and about our own walks with God. So grab a drink, sit down, take just a few moments out of your busy day to grow with me. Welcome back to another episode of the Grow With Me podcast. (laughs) I am your host, Julia Cummins, as always. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day today. It has started to get really kind of chilly in Kentucky, so I've got my nice warm cup of tea and Eli's napping. My brother is here, so we'll see if I get interrupted or not. You just never know. (laughs) We're just going with the flow today, and I'm excited because today we are continuing in our Women in the Scriptures series. This is going to be episode two. If you haven't listened to episode one, go on over there and pop down. Listen to it. We talked about Martha, and today we are continuing in episode two, and we're going to talk about, drum roll please, the woman at the well. The Woman at the Well will be our second episode, and I'm very, very excited, so let's jump straight in. Okay, so first things first, we're going to say The Woman at the Well, where is she found? And today I'm going to pull, um, and I will read all of it to you. It's a, it's, a, it's a little lengthy, but that's okay. I'm going to read to you, she's found in John chapter 4. I'm a, I'm a John lover. I love John. I love the New Testament. <laughs> she's found in John chapter 4, and we're going to start there. If I sound kind of weird reading out loud, I apologize. I read a lot, but I'm not an out loud reader per se, but I'm using my husband's study Bible and it's broken up much differently than I normally have, like the whole top of the half page. So I'm going to be reading for a little bit. So just hang in there with me. So John chapter four, let's get started. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which was called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Turn the page. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God... And who it is says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered to her and said, Whoever drinks of that water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give Him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. 
The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. Man, he is, he ain't playing games. <laughs> the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you, the Jews, say that in Jerusalem, it is a place where we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You will worship what you do not know. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers in Christ will worship when... Oh, I'm getting so tongue-tied. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking to worship... to Is seeking such... To worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him. Must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him. I know that the Messiah is coming. Who is called Christ. When he comes he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her. I who speak to you am he. And at this point. The disciples came and marveled. When he talked with the woman. Yet no one said. What do you seek or why are you talking with her? Here they go again. Then the woman left her water pot, went into the city, and said to the men, Come and see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out to the city and came to him. So now we're at verse 31. In the meantime, he's talking to the disciples. So I'm going to skip down just a little bit. Um, let me see here. So I'm going to go... From verse 33, and skip that, because that's where he's talking to the disciples, and we're going to get back to the Samaritan woman at verse 39. And verse 39, here we go. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word that the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed there for two days, and many more believed on him because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves had heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. <laughs> I encourage you to read that, or not just follow along with me, but if you have time later, read it, because it's not a whole lot to read. Um, just very quickly, John chapter 4 all the way um, from the beginning, all the way to about verse 31. I literally just had this pulled up to about verse 43. It's really not a lot to read, but it is a lot to read out loud, I think. And it's a lot to um, speak. I don't like to read out loud, but <clears throat> I have to include this. <laughs> I was going to redo it. <laughs> I was going to redo it because my little brother, um, <laughs> my autistic brother, I'm watching him today because my dad's at dialysis. <laughs> Sometimes he'll just go into the bathroom and flush the toilet and then he'll leave the door open. <laughs> and he didn't even go to the bathroom. He just went in there and flushed it twice. 
<laughs> if you go back and play it, you can hear it on the audio. But I was like, I am not rereading all of that. I'm not going to do it. So you just hear him flush the toilet twice. But that's okay. Oh, I thought that was so funny. Let me get a sip of my drink. And we will continue. Oh, I'm just tickled. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the woman at the well. Why did I want to do this? next segment about her and you know my segments aren't very long so I wonder what I'm what time I'm running at here oh well um I wanted to talk about the woman at the well she's not even named we don't have a name for her but she was such an effective witness like true discipleship that the Lord showed himself to her and who she was and she ran into the city, and because of her, this unnamed woman, all these people from Samaria showed up, and we're going to get into that, but that's why I want to talk about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. So first things first, I want to talk about how in the eyes of most people, really all people other than Christ, because he knows what he's doing, um, thought that she was... An unlikely, an unlikely witness, someone that the Lord would not use. I mean, <clears throat> first we'll say, like she herself says in the scriptures, that she was a Samaritan woman and the Jews did not deal with the Samaritans. If you remember in my Learning with Lepers episode, we talked just very briefly that they did not get along. They did not mix. I think I said they had like bad blood. There's a lot of history there. Which, you know, I'm not that smart. My husband told me that. I learned that from him. But she clearly says it herself. Like, you know you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan, right? He's like, yeah, okay. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm Christ. You know. So, she's a Samaritan. She's considered lower than already. And then on top of that, she is kind of like a societal outcast because she had five husbands. And then the man that she's with right now wasn't even her husband, as we read in the scriptures. And, you know, the Lord kind of calls her out on that. And um, she was basically just an outcast because of that as well. Had a big scarlet A on her, you know, um, especially in that time. So definitely not someone that the disciples considered good enough. Obviously, you know, it says that they were wondering, but no one said out loud why they were talking with her and what she wanted when Jesus was the one who approached her. Um, <clears throat> an unlikely witness, for sure. But then what I love about the Samaritan woman is that it does take a little bit of Jesus talking to her, but I think it would take a little bit from all of us if you just meet this man at your at your local like grocery store and he's like talking to you and you're like, okay. You know, we don't mix. I got stuff to do. And then he reveals to her that he is the Messiah. And she believes. And I so admire the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. I so admire her of this. Because she takes what 
the Lord, what Christ offers her, regardless of her stature and regardless of what others thought of her and of her reputation. And she was bold in what she received. And because of that, in her actions, many believed on Christ for themselves, which we're going to get into. But I want to relate this to us just a little bit. So often, we are so quick to downgrade ourselves and to like disqualify ourselves from whatever the work is that God is trying to do through us, you know, through his callings and his work, whatever. And we're so quick to be like, I can't do that. I'm not worthy enough to do that. All of these things. And she didn't do that. She got up and she ran into the city. It's just so bold. I love it. I was talking with my sister who recently, I don't think she'll care about this on the podcast. I was talking to my sister recently who she's been coming back to church and they were praying for her to receive the Holy Ghost. And she told me later, she said I was really struggling because I was like, I'm not worthy to receive this gift and I, I'm not good enough and all this stuff. And that is what we are so quick. It's like human nature to downgrade ourselves and it's human nature to just be like, I, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. You know, when the Lord is like, I've already paid for this. I've already done this. I'm already working on this. I say this all the time to my husband. <laughs> but did you know that? In the, and I might have mentioned this on the podcast before too. But Christ called Peter a rock way before, like in the very beginning, way before all the works and he learned and all this stuff. Before he called him the rock he was going to build his church on. He, he calls you not because of what you are but because of what you can become. And I love that the woman of the well was just like, okay, well, here we go. I'm going to go tell everybody. She's so excited. And I love that. I love that. How admirable is that? And in the scriptures, we get to see kind of the aftermath of her running into the city and telling everyone, like, I can just picture her, like, running into the city, like, hey, Come come listen to this man who told me all I ever knew and he says that he's the Messiah and he says that he's the Christ. Like I you know, it says that a lot of people came back to to see it for themselves. There was no way that she was quiet about it. There was no way. And then we get to see the aftermath of that. Let me see. So she runs into the city and she's telling everyone about her encounter with Christ and in verses um, John chapter 4, verses 39 through 42. Scripture says that many of the Samaritans, many of the Samaritans believed him for the saying of the woman. For the saying of the woman. One woman. One unnamed foreigner Samaritan woman that the Jews, even the disciples, considered less than. One woman. Because of that, he stayed with them for two days. And verse 42 says that because of the woman's effective ministry, many heard him, learned from him in those two days and came to know and believe for themselves that he was the Savior. Because of this one woman's actions. And also, I do want to throw in here, I think I've mentioned my little theory on the podcast. I know I have. But when we talk about the leper story, it also says that they heard in the city from, let me pull it up. Hang on. 
Okay, so I will just throw the lepers thing in really quickly, which you've already heard it, so you already know. And then I think I mentioned it on my husband's. We did a uh, collaboration, me and my husband, on our church's podcast, the Praise Simple Apostolic Church podcast. It's called The Gospel Minute. And we talked about ministry and marriage and just, just ministry and in general and being a team. And um, we mentioned the woman at the well. She is a favorite in my household. <laughs> I don't know who started it, me or my husband, but both of us. So we can find the story of Jesus healing the 10 lepers in Luke 17. And it says that when he came to pass, he passed through the midst of Galilee and Samaria. Huh, that sounds familiar. Like the area that we're talking about right now with the woman at the well. Interesting. And when he entered a village, there met 10 men that which stood far off, and they lifted their voices. So in the another um, version that I read, it said they had heard afar off about Jesus, and they were waiting to meet him. And that's what I want to say. Um, so it was in this similar region about the woman at the well. The woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Huh, interesting. She's Samaritan. They're going through Samaria. Um, the leper who comes back, Jesus heals all 10 of them, but the one who comes back, he was a Samaritan as well. And I think that because of this one woman running into the city and telling everyone that she could, like, come see this man, come see this man, and being the witness that she was and they came back, what if that was the spark that started everyone else's chatter and getting everyone else to come back. And obviously it was for that. But what if through that is how these lepers heard about Jesus and stood far off and then cried for him and he healed them? What if this one woman's actions, this one unnamed Samaritan woman, <laughs> what if because of her actions, not only were all these Samaritans believed in Christ for themselves in the city, but what if it caused the 10 lepers to be healed and the one to be made whole. What if? It gives me goosebumps, I'm telling you. I love it. All of these actions from one spark, from one woman. I keep saying it, but it's just the truth. It's exactly what happened. So why did I want to talk about the woman at the well? I told you that. And why did I want to talk about her today? And how do we fit this into our lives? And I think you can already kind of gather from that. But I want to say this specifically. We are all called to be witnesses for Christ. If you have been born again, you're called to be a witness for Christ. There are many, many, many scriptures about being a witness. Many, many scriptures. And it is our job to be effective witnesses for Christ. That's the key. Because real talk here, I'm real. I'm never going to, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not. I'm, I'm going to be me and this is my podcast. So I'm going to say what I want. We are all channeling something in our lives that others can see when they look at us. You know, when you walk into your workplace, when you walk into a church, when you go to all these different places, everybody's going to look at you. And when they get to know you, they're going to see something. And what are you channeling? What are you showing the world? Are you showing them a true witness for Christ? Are you being a city set on a hill? Are you being the salt and the light of the earth? 
Think for a minute. Are you channeling bitterness, <clears throat> selfishness, pride? We all know someone who, whether in the workplace or whatever, something is always wrong and they've always got a bad attitude or, you know, everyone picks up on that. Do you have such a spirit of religion on you and you're so religious that people go the other way when they see you? You know, we all have heard the horror stories that some some Christian, some claim to be Christian has done to someone else. And I get it. We're all human. I understand. You know, people have hurt you. Uh, people in the church have hurt you, but Jesus didn't hurt you. You know, you don't stop going to the grocery store because you didn't like the meal you cooked. You know, um, but we're called to be effective witnesses of Christ and if you are so religious that people can't even talk to you or you're you're so self-righteous or, you know, I could do a whole podcast. <laughs> I'd have my husband sit in too because he's very good about talking about Christian character. Um, I could do a whole, don't even get me started. <laughs> but what are you showing the world? You can't claim to love God. And then be so full of hate for other people. Or so bitter. It just doesn't work like that. Scripture talks about like whatever comes out of your heart. I mean, um, yeah, whatever comes out of your mouth is in the heart. And about the well, you can't draw sweet water, sweet water out of a bitter well. You can't. What are you showing the world as, are you being effective? Christ, are you being a true witness for Christ? What are you showing? That's what I want to talk about today. We need to be so full of Christ that we are a witness of him. In our everyday lives, so full of kindness, of, of grace, of love. And I know it's a hard thing. And I know we go through things. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. That is not what I'm saying. Because, you know, I, I get sassy sometimes too. That's not what I'm saying. But we're called to be different. We're called to be different and set apart from the world. And people take that so dramatically and drastically. Yes, I am set apart from the world in the way the dress that I dress and in my holiness. But baby, that means your attitude too. That means your attitude and it means your heart. It means your mouth and all things. I don't know about you, but I want to be the kind of witness who they see me like the woman at the well. They see me saying, hey, come see a man. You know, I'm living, I'm living my world. I'm living my life to try to be a witness for Christ. And when they look at me, I want my life to say, come see this man who's given me joy everlasting, who's given me peace, who has done all of these wonderful things for me. I could just go on and on about the faithfulness of Christ. Oh, I did an episode on that. You know, when I say things like that, or when my life is a living witness and a testament to that, are people like, okay, I'm interested in this. Like the woman at the well, do, do they bring them back? Does your life draw people to Christ? Or do they look at what you say and then everything else and it contradicts itself and do they run the other way? I know that's tough, but it's just how I feel. Life is too short. The world is crazy right now. 
I sincerely feel that things are crazy and the Lord's going to be coming back. We do not have time for people to be playing pretend Christians and hurting other people all while pretending they live a life in Christ. Oh, look, I'm going to get preachy. <laughs> I'm sorry. And like I said, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. But I'm trying to be like Christ and I'm trying to be like that woman <laughs> at the well. And when I'm living my life as a testament, I want people to be like, hang on a second. Maybe there is something here. You know, I want my life to lead others to Christ. That's what I want. <clears throat> and that's what I want for all of us. I told my husband this the other day. Um... I've been living for the Lord for a while now. I started when I was young. And it takes time to get kind of spiritually deeper. And I'm still growing every day. But I told him the other day that the most effective ministry that you will ever have. Throw out, I mean, I'm on the singing ministry. Throw it out. Uh, throw out preaching. Throw out all of these things. And they're all very important things. They're all very good things. You know, throw out altar call. Your altar call. Throw all of that out. The most effective ministry that you have and that the world will see, your friends will see, your family will see, is you being a, an effective witness for Christ and to be a true witness and to love like him. Because your family is going to see that every day. Your friends are going to see that every day. You know, your workplace is going to see that every day. Um, I started going to church and um, I rededicated my life to the Lord when I was young, like I was still in high school. And uh, my sister was going with me and then mom would like start to drive us and things. Um, that was years ago now. I mean, you know, you, you start out as a baby and even now I'm growing every day and getting more spiritually deep or whatever. Um, but it was me. And my sister and mom would take us sometimes. Sometimes dad would come. Um, Jelena would come because she was young and, of course, would go when mom went. Um, and years later to now, it has been me and my sister Jessica through every step of the way. We've just clung on to this truth and to our faith and tried. No one is perfect, especially when you're young. Like I've said, tried to be the right kind of Christian, the correct kind of Christian, you know, living the right way and showing his love and his grace and being an effective witness, like I said. Um, it It's just been me and her for a long time now, that go. And uh, I can't speak for anyone else's relationships with Christ. It's not my place. But I will say that uh, my sister Jelena, has recently started coming back to church with me and Jessica. And I've got to tell you, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I can't quit thanking the Lord for it and his faithfulness and his goodness. Uh, just so, so thrilled. And this is me way oversimplifying this, okay? Um, there are so many factors that went into it. Lena has her own free will. She has her own choices. I believe that the Lord pricked her in her heart as well. And her husband, Alex, has just been such a Christian witness to her. And they haven't been married very long. They just got married recently. But I'm I'm thankful to have him as a brother-in-law. He's wonderful. But when Jelena decided to start coming back to church, 
she came to our church. And when we were praying for her, everyone was praying with her. And they said, you know, do you, you have anything you want to say? Um, and I'll, I'll double check with her before I actually post this. <clears throat> but it's nothing super personal. She said something like, I don't remember, I was crying a whole lot. Something like, I'm just glad to be home. I'm glad to be back home. You know, when, and this is me very much oversimplifying it. Like I said, there are many factors. But when you are living your life as a Christian the best way that you can, and you're trying to be a witness for Christ, as I said, it will be the most effective ministry that you will ever have. I have one sister who is was uh, has been saved and living her life and going with me. And then I have another sister who has come back because we have lived our lives as best Christians that we can and lived our lives in a way that she didn't want to run the other way when we talked to her. And I live, you know, we see each other every day today. When you be a Christian who is like the woman at the well, and I'm not perfect, I've never claimed to be perfect, um, but when things hit the fan or things get hard and people need someone to help pray for them or, you know, I think you know you're on the right track when people are like, can you please pray for this? We need you to pray for this. So you get the hard questions in the middle of all the hard things. You know, you're, you're doing it right and you're being a witness and people are like, hey, I think there's something here. And my sister Jelena followed me back from the city to see the man at the well for himself. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Um, So when I say that it is the most important thing you will ever do, I really feel that that's true. We're called to be a city set apart on a hill and to be a light and to... excuse me, draw people back to Christ. So I urge you today to think and look at your own self, take some reflection time. And nobody is perfect, I understand. But are you living the kind of life that will draw people to Christ? Are you living the kind of life and acting a way that will turn people away from him. And I don't say any of this out of a place of better than or self-righteous or anything like that, because I hope no one takes me that way. Um, But for the sake of your friends and for your family and for your lost loved ones, and we've got to be like the woman at the well. We've got to live our life as a witness and draw people back to him because it matters. It matters. And the Lord is coming back soon. And we don't have time. We don't have time to be petty Christians. So I just ask that you would really think about it and pray about it and go into some self-reflection. I know that I will be. I love you all very dearly. And I am praying for, I don't know who all listens, but I know a few. I'm praying for all of you and for your families. 
the Lord's coming back. And I just want to be like the woman at the well.